Welcome to Loving the Snow Life, the podcast where our snow resort obsessed mums talk everything snow. You'll learn stuff including ski school, is it worth it? How to get the best travel deals, what snow gear to buy, sustainability and much more. Some mums love the Kardashians, our mums love ski documentaries. Between them, they've skied 84 snow resorts and they've dragged us to plenty of them. We're not complaining, we love it. Over to you, mums. <laughs> yep. Hey, Tanil. Hey, Em. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Awesome. Here we go again on another large topic. That's right. We love it. <laughs> we do. So we're looking today at sustainable ski brands. Yeah. Looking at jackets. Pants, skis, ski poles, goggles, wax, wax, stuff like that. Yeah, and how it impacts on the environment, I guess, and choices you can make. And the ski industry is actually pretty progressive in terms of the textile industry. Yeah, yeah, it really is. When you when we were researching, you forget because it's you're on a mountain and you feel so free and small, and you're not in a big city or anything. But you forget how big these companies are that are actually providing us all this clothing and all our equipment for the ski industry. So it was really interesting to work out how um, at the forefront the the ski industry clothing was to being sustainable, I think. And they've actually, so many of them like Patagonia or North Face and all these big ones like that have actually been formed in the beginning from being inspired, being outside so they've really got something to lose, a lot to lose. A lot to lose. Well, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, they don't look after the environment. They're kind of, can you say, fitting in their own backyard? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They'll be stuffed. They'll yes. be stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> because they need the mountains and the environments to, at the end of the day, to sell their equipment. That's right. They, they can't so. just say, let's buy our gear and let's go out into this smog. No. <laughs> and take a photo. <laughs> Not so great. And stand there on my skis. Yes. Yeah. So what we have kind of discovered is uh, these companies, whether they're big or small and emerging, have a bit of a problem because their aim, because they are a business, they want to make a profit. But the problem is that if they make a profit and they sell lots of jackets and pants and skis and whatever else they're selling, well, they're potentially contributing to landfill and environmental degradation, whether it's air pollution or water pollution or using up too many fossil fuels or whatever. Yeah. So they've really they've really got to have a look. They have successfully really looked. Definitely. Well, it was quite funny to hear the paradox on Patagonia's kind of story. Here they are selling all their jackets and made from the most amazing environmental material, which Emma will go into. But then on the other hand, they're selling so many they're impacting on the transport that go that has to take them to all around the world and has to take them to the ski shops and also the packaging that they're in. So they're actually looking at that quite heavily now because what started as, here, yeah, buy our ski jackets. Now they're kind of like, don't buy too many because we don't – otherwise there's another environmental impact we're having. So they've got all these shops set up now, which I think is amazing, that you repair your jackets. And currently, you know, you, you've got to – got whatever like a ski tear mark in your pants just say they say i'll send it back to us don't buy new ones because the new ones will then create a whole nother world of environmental impact through the trucking industry and the packaging industry that they've got to do so 
it's really quite interesting where these companies are going and how they're thinking. And that in itself is creating an industry as well because they've currently got like 45 people that work in the repair shop. And that's pretty cool, I think. Well, so. they had they were concerned about it so much. They had that they placed an ad. Was it two thousand and five, two thousand and six, where they Black Friday big sales yeah. in the US saying, "Don't buy our jacket." Yeah, which yeah. is quite funny. It is because then it creates a lot of loyalty, brand loyalty with with um, people that like the brand or. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was a good message. It was a playing on people's mind message. I liked it. I liked it. Like a lot of the messages coming out now are like buy slow, buy smart. I like that message. I wasn't really – by researching these topics for our podcast, I was probably not so environmentally friendly myself. I didn't really think about impacts on the environment. I just went what's new, what's bright, what's shiny. <laughs> is it Gore-Tex? No. <laughs> I must have been a, a working for one of these companies in a former life because I am the recycler from way back. Like I, I, my Patagonia at the moment is about 10 years old. I just keep getting it repaired. I've never thought of Patagonia's repairing sort of situation, but I just do it because yeah. I think, oh, it's only a few years old. I'll just repair it again. And I just have always loved to hand me down. So everything I look at, I think, hey, I must have been, you know, You've not, previous many, life. <laughs> not many things I do right, but this, yeah. in this area, I think I'm, I'm pretty good. You're, I, you're, you're more yeah. on it than me, definitely, definitely. But I have, yeah. So Emma, what's your biggest learnings from well, what you did textiles? The, like, yeah, I mean, the, the, these businesses, they've had to, at some point, look at reducing their impact on either the planet, animals, and or people and they've had to decide are they going to tackle it all or are they going to choose one and I guess essentially the next time you buy a jacket or pants think about you know which one do I like and then you can go to their website and have a look for what they believe in what what is their sort of core values and you can have a look because if you're really into your animals and you want to buy a, a down jacket you can get the you know, you can get the sustainability in down, which is is like um, ducks that yeah. instead of live plucking, they they just like the down from ducks is the stuff that's already on the ground. On the, on the ground. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just making little choices like that, or you might say, I want to look at um, the, a company that's an issue in particular that you really care mostly about is water and the quality of our water. For the environment, you can look at what chemicals they're releasing into the water, and you can look. I'll go into a little bit more about the standards that you can look for. There's certain things you can look at yeah. for um, just making sure they're not polluting into the water or certain chemicals being released that don't have to be released. Yeah, well, it's funny that you say that because in the waxes that I actually kind of looked into, that was a big thing. Is that the the wax that is left on the snow? Um, obviously floats into our water basins and floats into our rivers at the end of the year with the snow melt. So that was a big thing with the waxing and changing their thought process on what to use on the base of skis. Yeah. So mm. it's, yeah. And waterproofing for all the ski jackets and ski pants. It's not easy to make water um, material waterproof. And in the past, they've used chemicals that they now avoid. And they used to let old poisonous chemicals run into the rivers well they're called perfluorochemicals and they actually so think what's used in teflon think what's used in um extinguisher foams 
like for firefighting, that's what Gore-Tex is kind of made out of because it's waterproofing. <laughs> so well, Gore-Tex is actually quite an amazing company these days. Like back in 2018, they now they use um, stuff that's like free of PFCs. Are they? Perfect. That was only back in 2018. And then late than never. <laughs> the last year or two, they have um, they've significantly reduced their um, – dyes in yeah, the materials okay. so and they they've got sort of certain certification that they standards that they meet so they've been really so with technology it. everything is improving obviously but they're probably the forefront of learning what they can use and what is better for our environment would you say that with the, the companies that you research they seem to really want to know first and then put it into the fashion industry well i think they're either a company, if they're onto this, in, um, if they're really wanting to improve environmentally, they're either innovative, yeah. So they're really on the forefront of research and design, or so. So obviously, we keep talking about Patagonia, and then there's your ones that aren't quite as innovative, but they're sort of like piggybacking on them. They might be something like North Face, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're learning and they're growing in their own area. Yeah, I mean they're still massive, but. So it's whether you want an innovative company or if you're just happy to have oh, I get what you're a jacket or pants that are, I don't care if they're not leading the way, at least they're using the technology that's been led the way yeah, by another company. Yeah. And do you reckon that's a price point thing at the end of the day? Because Patagonia is more expensive than North Face and more expensive than Audi. <laughs> wow! Well, like, yeah, I know. So, you think but of it is Audi. kind of a thought process when you do buy because it is an expensive sport. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, you think of Audi. I mean, we've used Audi, yeah. your family oh, yeah, and mine, definitely. for years, yeah. and many. Uh, luckily, the good thing about Audi is we've been able to hand all right. the clothing down, like your girls to my daughter to someone else. So there's like ten families we can hand them around to. So I'd say that's probably the good only that's thing another side. going for the fast fashion yeah so that's another side of the recycling that we're doing within our kind of world Circles. to help it out yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's true. so i think the other thing is that these companies have are uh, looking um to reduce the impact on how the products are reduced so they're looking at either the choice of material mm-hmm. or they're looking at how they're manufactured or they're looking at the after manufacturing process like um, you know, enhancing their durability, like Gore-Tex is doing yeah. really yeah. successfully. But they, I suppose, because they're businesses, they've still got to make a profit. So this is their. It's yeah. like the the elephant in the room where they're trying to do all these things. Is like, you know, if you want to walk in a shop and try and buy a two hundred dollar jacket from an innovative company that's been investing in all this stuff, you can't do it. You no. kind of have to pay for it. You do have to pay for it, but it's a price you pay. <laughs> because it is more expensive to do the research. It is more expensive to source the material to actually do the – it's not a cheap, cheap, quick, fast option if you want to have the, that jacket that is great for the environment or those pants or those skis or that wax. It's, yeah, mm. yeah. I think I think wax has got a fair way to go. Like ski wax has still maybe got a fair way to go compared to the clothing side of the business because they're still like – you know, if if you're in, if you're kind of a there's two skiers. You know, you're either in high end Olympics and X Games and all competing at a higher level. So 
there you need a wax on your board or your skis that actually is going to give you the right time and it's going to give you the right performance. So in those circumstances, they're still using what is called like a fluorinated ski wax, which is kind of, it's and even cross country actually cross country skiers use them as well to get more glide on the snow. So they and so so it's it's a wax that it's, it gives you performance, but it's also quite bad for the environment. It ha- does have those perfluorochemicals in them. So it, and it's that those PFCs. I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> they're, they're, it's really hard for that to break down within the environment. So it does stay in the snow and it does go down. So if there's a World Cup in some area, mm. I'd hate to see what comes at the bottom of that World Cup course if it's been there for five days and they're running it, you know. But but it's performance and that's their job. So you've kind of got to go with that as well. And then and it's also quite toxic for the human though because you're burning it. Mm. So you're burning all those chemicals mm. into your mouth. So if you're a ski technician. You are out there and you are doing it. Like, That's right. It's yeah. worse than COVID, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all, you know, kind of buy beware on that if you're a mm. ski rope, ski ra- like a junior ski racer coming through and you're a parent waxing. Yeah. Just put a mask on maybe. <laughs> well, it's interesting with the ski waxes that we see advertised, like the environmentally friendly ones. Like, yeah. I mean, look, nothing's very good when you're breathing it in. No. Like whether it's a soy-based one, which is more obviously more environmentally friendly. But it seems like there is a lot more smaller companies yeah they well that's there's there's a researched a couple but there was european companies seem to be moving a little bit faster than kind of north american but there's also an australian one as well but they are all very soy based Mm -hmm. and they're they're trying to create less smoke emissions as well which is great so it's not toxic for the human body but the soy base is great for the snow and the environment so but there's n0 which is um they they they're soy based um they're really good um they're only new to the market they're not actually for races at the moment they're trying to get into racing trying to develop more waxing for the racing community um then you've got an australian brand but i don't know actually how you say it but it's schnup wax s-n-u-p-h yeah or or what's up I don't know. You know, what's up? No, I don't know. Maybe they might have to take that to R&D. If we can't say it, how are we going to be in the shop ordering it? Yeah, I know. Can I please have a schnapp? Schnapp. Someone come back with a... Yeah, yeah. but that's all. Like, So they don't have any GMO biodegradable ingredients in it, which is awesome. And they're 100% natural waxes. So that's Mm. not even soy. So it's a whole other brand on that. And so they're moving away from the hydrocarbon wax, which is kind of nice. And... But like the you'll still, it's kind of difficult, you know, because you will majority of the people will probably go and get their skis waxed at a retail store. I, probably a very very small percentage of your everyday skier that, like your weekly skier in Australia, that will actually go and wax their skis themselves. If I'm at a ski season, we waxed our skis all the time. But thankfully, on this, they they do use hydrocarbon wax as the most common wax in this in our world and that's not as toxic as a pfc kind mm. of wax or a, so but it still uses um paraffin in it so i think your baby oil your vaseline or and they're a byproduct of crude oil mm-hmm. still so we've got a yeah so waxes have got a fair way to go as in terms of environmental properties but it seems but, like the industry of wax is it's in the process it of is. changing yeah. and people are trying different things which is at least it is, a big it, heart thing, you know, yeah. and it's and it's such a hilarious kind of like 
if you've been in the ski industry, which we both have, like waxing your skis, you know, it's like you can use cold wax, you can use warm wax, depending on the temperature outside. And depending, it's such a funny debate among skiers and boarders and it's snow like lovers. It's surfing. Yeah, it is. Surf wax. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, I mean, you, it's, you get wrapped up in the world of wax. You know, it's like I, I've been there. It's a bit of a thing. <laughs> yeah, it of... is. It is because there is different. I mean, like average snow, snow blow, snow Joe, <laughs> Joe blow, Joe blow <laughs> would would not kind of know. They just go wax, wax my ski. Mm. But if you ride amongst it, you do it for powder. You do different wax for powder, different wax for ice, different wax for slush. Mm. Like, so yeah, it depends on the temperature. Really, it's all temperature based. So hopefully. Mm. The industry moves a little bit forward. Mm-hmm. I know they're trying to. Well, they're guess, definitely trying to. Like, I get because well, they get the impact on the environment. Well, it's. I guess it's interesting from a consumer's point of view, even with something like wax. That you know, consumers have a choice. You can choose a brand that's focused on recycling, recycled materials, yep. um, or recycled elements, mm. whether whatever that is, like zippers or whatever. Or you can. Or you can, or you can choose a brand that's focused on the production process. Or and you can also choose a brand. You can say, I'm going to support a small emerging brand. Yeah. Like what's one of the smaller brands that you saw that wouldn't that, have a very big base? Oh, it would be the Australian base. brand, the Schnuckwax. Yeah. Or so, the N Zero. Like it, there's right. So not... we could kind of get behind them and yeah. say, let's buy that, and then yep. they'll get bigger and better. Yeah. Or we'll go for the tried and tested bigger brands. Yeah, definitely. Hey, speaking of wax, don't you have a funny story about <laughs> wax, Chanel? Yeah, we do. We do. We. I say that's because my husband did it. So you put so to, going back to the certain different types of wax and rah rah rah. But there's um, you put wax on um, skins to go up when you're climbing in backcountry. This is old school. We're talking 1990s here. There's much more modern equipment now. But you used to put it onto your skis so you could actually climb the hills a bit better and onto your skins and rah rah rah. Anyway, so we decided that one of um, uh, our friends was. Well, it was actually my sister's husband, Andrew. <laughs> we were going to get him this day. So we decided to put um, wax, that cross-country wax on one ski and not on the other ski. So when he went out in the morning, one ski, he put them on. He was oblivious to it all. He put both the skis on, but one ski would, ski would go down really fast and one didn't move at all. <laughs> That's a really good ad for the effectiveness of wax. It was. It didn't, like, the joke didn't last very long because we couldn't hold our laughter. We were like, are you joking? And Andrew was kind of going around in circles going, there's only one ski working. And he didn't take him long to work out. He could almost put his hip out. <laughs> he could have. He could have. He could probably blame me skiing on us for the rest of his life, you know, his <laughs> style. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, all yeah, right. So if you back to the, the if you're going to be a discerning environmental shopper and you're going to barrel into a ski shop, yep. what do you look at? Now, there's a couple of things you can look at. You can ask them, Do yes. you? Is this brand? does this brand have the blue sign? Is it yeah. blue sign certified? Yes. Which is, it's, it's an independent certification and and most of the big brands are now on board with it or you know it's kind of it's like the mother duck it's like the health food stamp yeah for you know like what do we get in australia what's our australian like the three stars or healthy eating yeah. stamp? it's that of the ski industry so essentially blue sign will you know the brand will approach blue sign and say what do we need to do to get certified and they have they have standards in everything down to what chemicals 
yep. are used or how to how, how the, much water how much water how, how much, much energy, energy where's the yeah air going they've got certifications for everything so if they meet each of those benchmarks and they receive the blue sign you can be assured we can go on their website but you can be assured what that, is their website don't know probably <laughs> I don't do them well. No, do I? No, I do. It is www.bluesign.com slash forward slash en for English. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Obviously. Yeah. 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 So um, what else was I going to say? You can also look at, you can see if they're a sustainable apparel, apparel coalition member. Yeah. People okay. like Salomon and Gore-Tex. Yeah. You can see if they're, a, um, if they have Fair Labor Association like Volcom, you know, which yeah. is kind of like responsible. Burton would have, yeah, 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 and Burton. A lot of them follow also the um, UN Global Compact Strategy, which is quite, you, you can get a line and have a look at that, but there's 10 principal rights to that, which include human rights, labour, environment, and anti-corruption. So Solomon is a big involved in that, and so is Rosignal. They all follow those um, strategies in the building of their brands and the building of how they make them better towards our lives so you really. could almost so, sort of take take uh work out what your issue is so you might say i'm really into human rights and yeah. making sure people are paid correctly and sort of you know work out what certification that is or you you know you work out your issue right yeah that's um, right that's right i mean i was saying before to you when we we're talking about it that skis i often you often get down to a choice of two pairs of skis you know if, you, if you're trialing before you buy on a mountain you always do it and you know you might have three pairs or whatever you got but usually it's two and you're like oh i really love that the benefits of that da, 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 da. now it would be better like now sitting after what i've done this my decision yeah would go on performance but it was that close i'd definitely look at their websites mm. and go how are they impacting the beautiful mountains that I love to save them? What are they doing to save the environment? Yeah. So my, I'd say that my thing is the environment, mm-hmm. like mm. over human rights. Yeah. Really wrong. Yeah. But well, no, no, but, no, but really that's, not. yeah. You might that. go for, you know, you might be really into, d- <laughs> into ducks. <laughs> yes, well, I... You might be really into ducks I, I, and quite validly not want them to be plucked. <laughs> We want to really talk about plastic bottles now because <laughs> we've tried to talk about ducks, but we keep laughing. <laughs> we can't. We can't. All right. Uh, yeah. So it's huge plastic bottles. Yeah. Like they, you can. I'm going to do a quick tidbit. There's a guy that's starting to develop goggles, and he is using recycled plastic <clears throat> bottles to put into the straps around the goggles. Oh yeah. Who yes. would have thought? Yeah. Like. Not me in a million years, but yeah. So, but I know that it's actually. Thank goodness we're doing something with plastic bottles. And yeah. Good to see the ski industry as mm. well. So, what was and and as a consumer, you have to be really careful that they're using bottles that have already been used, recycled. You know, yeah. used bottles because there's some that are careful with the wording because there's some plastic bottles that they're actually going and getting new plastic bottles and using them. So, well, that defeats that. the purpose. That's yeah. That's yeah. the greenwashing, which is. Yeah, that's another terminology. Yeah, well, I guess it's like making out the company is greener than it is by using certain terminology or, you know, that's not actually using bottles that have been drunk by people but actually using bottles, which is not taking existing resources that are lying around on rubbish out of rivers and stuff. It's just creating more of the problem. Yeah, well, we don't want that. The blue sign would would definitely protect that i would imagine like would monitor that 
So, I mean, a brand that we both like, which is the French brand of picture. Picture. Yeah, yeah, that's getting huge. Yeah, yeah, no, they they use uh, 64%, well, 64% of the polyester is from recycled bottles. And um, (laughs) for 2021 season, 35% of all their technical apparel will be made from bio-source material, which is sugarcane beets or castor beets. Wow. So they're all like... Well, corn is used in um, the wax as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention that before, but yeah. So, so you want to be wearing the right gear if you're caught in a snowstorm, <laughs> have a shovel and all your gear made out of your bio stuff. Yeah, you'd want to be like, oh, I hope there's no coyotes around that are hungry and you're out the back. You could go a full month, don't you reckon, and they come out looking like quite sprightly. And you were eating a sleeve every day. <laughs> no. <laughs> your corns and your beets and your sugar cane and your yeah. soy... But yeah. that is amazing. Sorry, we're that having is, fun with sorry, it. Sorry, we are. Because we are, it is a serious subject <laughs> that is, it does impact on the world, but <laughs> you've got to be fun at it too because, yeah, you know. Well, we well should we have another sensible crack at the fact that if you would like, if you are really into pro- the protection of animals, you know, you can go for that um, certification that protects the life plucking of ducks. Yes. So there we go. Yes, well done, Emma. We've got through that now. We can move on. But, no, um... But just on the bam- on, on sustainable stuff, not so much food, but bamboo is now getting used in ski poles, mm. which is great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it, really? That's the so. grass, grass Sticks brand made yeah. from bamboo ski poles. Yeah, it is. Um, rip, quite- rip and Wood, handmade, handmade skis from replanted forests. Yeah. You know, on saying that, Solomon and – okay, so talking about like kind of the wood in other skis, Solomon and Vocal – well, a lot of the big brands out there, actually, a lot of their skis are now made from recycled or sustainably produced wood, which is so fabulous to hear because there is such an industry for that out there. So I love... And, I, and they both, Salomon and Atomic, they both plant millions of trees every year too, which a lot of them do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they actually are, you know, rejuvenating their footprint for the earth of what they're using. In the, and they're also creating less prototypes of their skis now. Which is beautiful, which is good to know. So because they were in the, you know, 60s, 70s, there was a million of skis out there and they never used them. But now they're actually being quite specific with how many prototypes they develop, which makes it fabulous for the environment again. Yeah. So um, it, uh, Ronan skis, they use, they replace the harmful components with sustainable and hard-wearing options. Yeah. And... Uh, so skis, so, so we're finding that some, like Ronan's are quite a small ski company and I guess that's kind of where we'd like to go as well as maybe support so support these support smaller, these smaller ones. Yeah. ones because they can grow bigger so at the moment they only you know they i'm not exactly 100 percent what ronan's next line will be for 2021 but they a lot of the smaller companies now just have a ski that got that's for powder mm-hmm. they, they haven't got enough resources yet to develop mass produce skis <laughs> for everyone to ski but mm-hmm. you know it's kind of nice to support these mm-hmm. guys and help mm-hmm. them grow while protecting the environment i think you know yeah and also you can also see what there's a thing called the hig index which is it kind of scores you know the higher like it measures recycling emissions water usage waste and energy and so for example cotopaxi has um it scores the highest possible on the higgs index which um it it yeah, so if you like Cotopaxi brand. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, these are all new familiar terms to me, but I guess it's it's educating yourself, which is probably the key to buying these products, isn't it? So really finding out what your core values are 
yeah. and going out and educating yourself and then buying the right product that's right for you and your family or for yourself, really. Yeah, like, not buying something mindlessly and knowing that when you're paying $600 for something or 400 if you have the money for that, I mean, yeah. this is why you hold on to your jacket or your pants. Yeah. You, but when you do go and get that next purchase, then just mindfully researching and knowing that it's 600 bucks because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. Environmentally. And, I, and, and honestly, I think you should mind the companies out there that are our ski industry making us warm every day, making us ski faster, making us ski better. They have got their, from concept to distribution, they've got the environment in mind, I found when I was doing all this research, mm-hmm. which is such a, that's a brilliant thing to have in mind if, you, if you're going to be sustainable for the rest of the life. Mm. And we understand that the ski industry, like back in our last podcast, mm. we were talking about the environmental, like how, how the ski resorts were doing it. So it's good to know that everyone within the ski industry has actually got mm. the environment and where we ski and where we live and where we play at the forefront of their conversations that they're having at board meetings. That's right. <laughs> I, I mean, say, yeah. Helly Hansen's a blue, oh, yeah. blue sign company. Yeah. Um, yeah. All these companies are making such massive changes. I really feel like in the textile industry, um, ski, ski wear and ski apparel yeah. are really at the forefront, really. And we can't forget about the Australian brand Labent with all their apparel, all their socks. and I uh, love their socks. Face layers and everything that are made of a um, merino and bamboo blend. And merino is good because obviously it's renewable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and bamboo because um, it's it's actually one of the most environmentally friendly resources out there because it doesn't need any pesticides and it, and it doesn't require much water. So Labette's trying. Definitely. They're, yeah, they're yeah. definitely. But they're also made a product that's amazing too. Like... Their socks, I love. Their underwear, underwear. Their <laughs> <laughs> base um, layers. Their base layers, I love. But and I'm and I've taken their really, really their thinnest um, neck tube to be my mask in COVID at Perisher. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> There's controversy on that, but <laughs> let's not go there either because yeah. it was a mask or a neck tube. What well, one's better? Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. But getting back to that, it's like it's. The, just amazing just amazing what these companies are doing and we're so the more you research the more i'm floored well i think you become like, a better shopper yeah definitely right? yeah yeah and and say you have all this stuff and you've worn it and you've you've bought your new thing and you've bought it quite mindfully to do, to get rid of your old stuff you can sell it because there's quite a good market out there on all these online forums for yeah that's Facebook right sites and Stuff like that, or yeah, hand, so it, hand, hand, hand it down. Hands everywhere, hand yeah. it around and hand around, it around, 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 around. I mean, I've got a whole thing in the back of my car to give to you today from Billy. Oh, but awesome. yeah, you know, and even such things as you know your old skis, like in in Revelstoke. I love going into like there's a village. There's, it's called the Village Idiot in Revelstoke, and it's just this little funky bar. But they're their um, doors for their bathroom are all skis, the ski handles, and they've just done really like you just the more little ski towns you go to around the world, mm. you you kind of get excited because you've seen how they've used old products within to to make better like little funky places yeah. to go in the ski towns yeah, re- and industries and yeah, yeah repurpose repurposed for yeah. decor and yeah so, furniture and yeah so you don't have to do massive things yeah. But just do something. Yeah, I think just, just do something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I hope, 
that you can we hope that you can come out of our podcast episode today feeling a little wiser and ready to make a good choice yeah definitely i do too hopefully all right we've got skiing in how many days emma three two three two oh three for you three for me two for you (laughs) you and it's snowing so let's go wear our eco-friendly snuggie yes (laughs) let's go wear our ducks our non-plucked ducks (laughs) non-plucked ducks Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tanil. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.